let's pray together. Our Lord, we bless you. We thank you for this time. We ask that you would speak to us by your word as we reflect upon it, as we're singing before, that your spirit would come and minister to us, give us clarity, give us wisdom, give us guidance, pierce our hearts the way they need to be pierced. Your honor, your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, as I was uh, reflecting on our three readings from this week, um, the theme that stood out to me, sort of the common thread that I saw throughout all the readings, was the theme of waiting. In Genesis 15, Abram uh, has been waiting for the fulfillment of the promise that the Lord had given him. Of course, in Genesis 12, you know the passage well, uh, but it was also reiterated in Genesis 13 as well, to make Abram a great nation, to bless him, to make his name great, and even in Genesis 13, to make his offspring as numerous as the dust of the earth, is what God had said to him. Then there's about 10 years between Genesis 12 and Genesis 15, approximately. We don't know exactly, but this Genesis 15 happens some point within these 10 year, this 10-year period. And you can hear the frustration in Abram's voice as he's been waiting for the fulfillment of the promise. Psalm 120, or Psalm 27, excuse me, is a psalm of David that's crying out to God for shelter and protection in the midst of enemies and evildoers adversaries and those who seek to do him harm, while David is waiting for the rescue of the Lord. The last line of the psalm ends, as we just said it before, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. And then our Philippians passage is all about uh, remaining steadfast in the faith while we wait for the Lord. Our Our citizenship is in heaven, Paul said, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're awaiting the coming again of Christ in glory. And as we do, we are called to remain steadfast, to keep our eyes uh, not set on earthly things, but on Christ. So waiting is at the heart of all three of these passages. uh, And waiting produces emotional responses within us based upon our different contexts. For Abraham, I think that we can hear uh, frustration and some anger, maybe even a lack of hope because the the promises had yet to come to fruition. For David, the waiting produced fear and anxiety and worry based upon the context that he was in. For the people of Philippi, waiting produced the temptation to turn away from Christ and to focus solely on our earthly appetites and desires. And so depending on the context that one finds themselves in, waiting can produce all sorts of different emotions and different responses within us. And I think we can all understand that. As I mentioned before, yesterday was the two-year anniversary of uh, the start of the lockdown for COVID. So we've all been waiting, essentially, for two years for this to come to an end. We're still stuck wearing these masks, but even after two years, I'm miserable every time I I put it on. But in those uh, years, those two years, we've experienced all sorts of different emotions and responses. If you're anything like me, you have. You've experienced fear when we first went into the lockdown. Remember like just Lysoling everything that came into your house (laughs) at the beginning of the pandemic. We experienced disorientation when all these normal aspects of our lives, work, school, friends, family, being able to see people when all that was disrupted, it was totally disoriented. We experienced deep sadness at the loss of life. 
And then on top of that, for those who lost loved ones, that pain was amplified by not being able to have funerals or celebrations of life, not being able to, to grieve with loved ones in the ways that they needed to and longed to. We've experienced isolation, loneliness, hopelessness at times, apathy, even exhaustion, anxiety, anger, frustration, disappointment, all sorts of different emotions. That's what waiting does. It produces all sorts of different emotions in us. I mean, I was even thinking about um, the protest from whatever it was a month ago or however long it was now. Time is this sort of warped thing at this point. But these emotions make us do things that uh, we, we wouldn't do otherwise. I remember, you know, one of the things I kept hearing people, whenever I would hear people interviewed who were at the protest, a couple, you know, whenever it was in Ottawa, they kept saying, I'm not the type of person who often protests. I'm not the type of person who does this. It's that those emotions of frustration, fear, and whatever it was, it just it it bubbled up to the surface for people. We've all experienced that. The point is that I think we can understand the frustration of Abraham, if that's what he was experiencing at that time. We can understand the fear of David or the concern of Paul. Our context, of course, is different from theirs, but we understand the emotions that they were experiencing in those seasons of waiting that they were going through. These passages also, I think, help us uh, think about how to deal with those emotions while we're going through seasons of waiting. COVID won't be the only time of waiting that we go through. It's a collective time of waiting for us, but it's certainly not going to be the only time of waiting that we go through our lives. And these passages can help us deal with those. But I just want to go through a couple of things that I see in these passages, ask a couple of questions. It's simply more to reflect on it um, and to see where you're at at this point. So the first thing that I noticed as I was going through these passages thinking about how we deal with these various emotions that come forward in these seasons of waiting, was that Abraham, the first thing we see with him is that he listened. In Genesis 15, verse 1, and in verse 4, twice, it says, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. So twice the word of the Lord came to Abram, twice Abram listened to the word of the Lord. And I think it's important for us to take note of that because if you're anything like me, one of the coping mechanisms that we have during seasons of waiting is to busy ourselves with all sorts of other things. We busy ourselves with housework, with school, with work things, whatever it is. We can look for things to busy ourselves with because then we can feel some sense of control, at least, over those things. So when everything else feels out of control, uh, when all we can really do is wait, often we look for something that we can get a hold of, that we can control. That's not all bad. But the danger is that we busy ourselves to such a degree that we lose the ability to listen to the Lord. We become so busy with the things that we can control, we don't spend any time trying to listen to that still small voice of God and what he might be trying to teach us in a period of waiting. So waiting, I think, produces for us an opportunity to listen, to listen to the Lord. So the question is, has, it, has anybody experienced that during this pandemic? Have you found this season to be a season of listening? Have you been able to listen? Have you been tempted to busy yourself as I have throughout this time? And were you able to carve out that time, to use it as an opportunity to pause and reflect and listen before the Lord? 
might be something to explore during the season of Lent as well. At the same time, um, seasons of waiting can also feel like silent times as well. We have to acknowledge that. You might be listening, but you also might feel like God isn't speaking. And in that case, our psalm today reminds us that it's perfectly appropriate to call out to God and to ask him to speak. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, verse 7-6. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. You've told me to come before you and listen. That's what I'm trying to do. Your face, Lord, do I seek, the psalmist says. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. Speak, Lord, essentially is what the psalmist is saying. Your servant is listening. So if you're listening during seasons of waiting and God is not speaking, and I think this psalm reminds us that it is perfectly appropriate to call out to God and to ask him to speak. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So the question to ask, has that been your experience maybe during this season? It can be a difficult and painful experience. Do you need to hear from the Lord about something in particular? And if, if, if so, uh, what does it look like for you to seek his face and to cry out, As we do seek God's face or respond to his voice, if he's speaking to us, it's also important to be honest with God as well. Abram was honest with God when he said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. You promised that you would give me a child, essentially, is what he's saying. What's going on here? You, you not only said that you would give me a child, but you said that my descendants would be as numerous as the dust on the earth. What is going on? Are you a God who fulfills promises, or are you not? I think Abram is, is honestly expressing his frustration before God in this passage. And I think it's important that we see this because it reminds us that God's not fragile, God is not petty. He's not insecure. He invites us. He wants us to bring our honest expressions before him. Our, our longings, our frustrations, our hurts, our hopes, our desires, our pains, all of it. The Bible invites us. Not only tells us that we can, but that we should bring all of these before him in prayer. It doesn't require nice, pious language. It just requires honesty and sincerity. One of the greatest critiques that Jesus would lay against religious people is hypocrisy. He wants our honesty, he wants our sincerity when we come before him. So are there things that you need to cry out to God in honesty to right now? Are there frustrations that you need to get out, hurts that you need to bear before him, a pain that you need to express, anger that you need to express? God longs for you to bring those to him. During seasons of waiting, we also come before God with humility. Honesty and humility are not opposed to one another. Psalm 27, verse 11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path. I think seasons of waiting can also be opportunities to reflect, 
to consider whether or not our lives are moving in the direction that God has for us or that we have for ourselves. When everything's going fine, when things are moving along at a pace that we like, it can be very easy to assume that we're following God's will and direction when things aren't moving at the way that we want them to, when we're forced to wait, when things feel uh, like they've been interrupted then it's an opportunity to come before God in humility and ask, are we following the right path? Am I following your path or am I following my own? I think it can be a scary thing to do, but it's well worth it. And so is this something that we need to do uh, during the season of Lent, maybe, or during the remainder of this pandemic, to reflect and to come before God with humility and ask, am I following your way and your path or am I following my own? What changes might I need to make? Another beautiful thing that we see in our passages today during seasons of waiting is that God not only leaves us as individuals uh, to deal with this, but he gives us the gift of one another. He gives us the gift of community during seasons of waiting as well. Paul says, brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. As I said before, seasons of waiting can be these very disorienting times. You just don't know which way to move, which way to go forward, or what to do. They can be confusing, puzzling. They can leave us unable to know how to move forward well. I, sh I certainly felt that at times throughout this pandemic. And as, as I was thinking about it this week, I was uh, reminded of people that I had in my life who I could look to in those times and follow and gain insight from and encouragement from and emulate um, and inspired me times as well. People are a gift. Our brothers and sisters are a gift to us, especially in times of waiting and when we're unsure how to move forward. They can inspire us. They can give us courage. So who might some of those people be in your life? Who are some of the examples that have helped you get through difficult times in your life? Who might you look to to inspire, to gain courage from during seasons of waiting? Paul also talks about uh, the things that we need to avoid during seasons of waiting as well. He says, for many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. I think these are temptations that we face as well during seasons of waiting. Uh, we're tempted to gain control for ourselves. We're tempted to focus solely on earthly things, as Paul says, or we're tempted to try to shortcut the waiting season and look for ways around it. Uh, we're tempted to, to try to escape it through, the, through our own lusts, our own desires, the God of our bellies, as Paul says, our own appetites. But Paul reminds us uh, that, that, that these things will only lead to destruction. They don't bring life, they only bring death. They will not bring freedom, they only bring slavery. And so in seasons of waiting, we also need to be careful to avoid the things that tempt us to turn away or to turn to idols or to escape through worldly pleasures. They might be a momentary relief, but as we all know through our own experiences, they ultimately only lead to emptiness and slavery and destruction. They lead to death. So have you ever experienced that temptation before? 
Have you experienced some of those temptations during this season of waiting? And how do you combat that? What do you do? Finally, waiting is also an opportunity for us to learn to trust God more. Genesis 15 has this beautiful line. Abram trusted the Lord and God counted it to him as righteousness. One of those uh, seminal passages in Scripture. We are not righteous because we show up to church on Sunday mornings. We are not righteous because we fast during Lent. We're not righteous because we give alms or do any of that sort of stuff. All of those are good, but they're not the ground of our righteousness. The ground of our righteousness is the Lord Jesus Christ, which becomes our righteousness as we learn to trust in Him, to walk in Him in faith, to give ourselves to Him more and more. And so waiting, as I've said, it can be a very difficult situation. I don't want to sugarcoat it. But it can also be the space in which we experience a deeper trust in the Lord, a deeper awareness of His goodness, a deeper um, knowledge of His trustworthiness, a deeper experience of His grace. All of these things can, can come about during these seasons of waiting as we listen to His voice, as we cry out for him to speak, as we come before him with honesty and humility, as we look to others for guidance, as we avoid certain temptations, as we learn to trust him more. All these things can draw us closer to the Lord as we wait upon him. And so, in a certain sense, waiting can be seen as a gift. It's not always easy. It can be difficult. It can be painful. But it can also be a gift to us because it can provide space. It can be simply time in order to get to know the Lord more and experience his goodness for ourselves more and more. And I think that's one of the invitations we need to take to heart from this experience in this pandemic as well. Therefore, I hope that we can all join with the psalmist. I love the, the closing line of the song. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.